Hello and welcome to episode 40 of Real Life Ghost Stories. We are middle-aged. Oh, we are. Imagine we've done 40 episodes. Crazy, isn't it? That is mad. Imagine people have listened for 40 episodes. Congratulations, you all deserve a prize. You do deserve something, which reminds me, keep an eye out on our Facebook group in the coming days, please and thank you for a little giveaway. I'm not going to say any more, but just keep a little eye out. <laughs> if you haven't joined our Facebook page already, our little super secret group, then go and join it because it might be worth your while. I'm being very cryptic. We're going to move on. We would like to thank our new Patreon subscribers this week. We would like to thank Sophie Williams. Teresa Alice. Jordan Tyler. Chris. Ramey Allen. Becky Mozo Adams. And Isla Silaka. Thank you all yes. so much for your stunning, generous and thank gorgeous you, Patreon thank you, pledges. Thank you. We love you so much and we cannot thank you enough for all that you do for us. So our film review this week is The Ruins. Yes. The Ruins was released in 2008. It has 5.9 out of 10 on IMDb and 48% on Rotten Tomatoes. I did not realise it was that old. Would you like a synopsis? Yes, please. Amy, Stacy, Jeff and Eric look for fun during a sunny holiday in Mexico, but they get much more than that after visiting an archaeological dig in the jungle. Carnivorous vines try to ensnare the friends in their tendrils, forcing the group to fight for survival. Okay, that is a massive spoiler for a synopsis because that is the, basically the gist of the movie. Yeah, so I was thinking <laughs> about how we were going to talk about this film without mentioning the carnivorous plants. Yep. And well, here we are. No, yeah, I mean, if it's kind of fuck the film for not, you, but that's you haven't written that, have you? That's off of yeah, IMDb well, or whatever. I've not written it, so they they've spoiled it for everybody anyway. Well, there you go. It's a film about plants that eat you. Yes. What were your thoughts on it? Do you know what? I actually really quite liked it. I thought one of the characters was well annoying, but it was it was an interest. It was just something a little bit different. But again, she was meant to be annoying. I know she was. You know what I mean? She was a character that was written to be annoying, but then so. she survived. Yeah, well, can't win them all, babe. No, Sorry. true. So why did you like it? What was good about it? Um, I, th- I just think it was a little bit different. Uh, it wasn't really what I was expecting. Firstly, I was expecting a subtitled film because I thought it was a Mexican film. <laughs> and there was no subtitles. I was bracing myself for having to pretend to read and know what was going on for an hour and a half. But no, no there was no subtitles. Um, and then it, I didn't think it would be like, I didn't think it was going to be about the plants. So I thought it, there was going to be some kind of creepy spirit or like ancestral curse on the tomb but it was a biological warfare containment thing really wasn't it yeah that's that is what it was i i didn't like it but i didn't like it because i don't like anything that is unnecessarily gory or has Mm. gratuitous violence and there was a lot of gore and violence and that's kind of where the scares came from and i don't that's not my thing if you're not into like slasher horror or gore then yeah, okay, yeah. I personally I, wouldn't recommend it. I agree with you in terms of gore, but I didn't think it was unnecessary. It was a bit, a little bit over the top, but I felt like you needed to see that because that was the point. Like, this wasn't just your average houseplant, was it? Yeah, okay. I, I mean, in, in the context, yeah. it was necessary, the gore. I just don't, I personally just don't like it. I mean, the, the yeah, the amputation was a bit too far. I'll give you that. Again, it was context, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, I don't think I don't think the amputation itself was too far, but I just don't. I just personally don't need to see it. Yeah. And some people like. What's really weird is that I actually follow a pathology account on Instagram, and I love looking at. Yeah, and no, I'm not a fan of that. The stuff you show me on that, just... like real stuff, but I can't watch it in films. <sighs> no, the Isn't stuff that really you sh- weird. The stuff you show me on that, I don't like. 
But yeah, it's weird, isn't but it? But like, what, what was on that film didn't really affect me. So and it, it didn't feel like, so obviously we didn't review Eden Lake, but it didn't feel like that kind of unnecessary violence where oof. Eden Lake was just over the top violence. I felt like that was part of, the, I felt like the violence in this was part of the storyline. You needed yeah. to you needed to see certain things to, to realise how far it. it was, how far everything was going. One thing I did like about this film was that when they, the fact that it was a Mexican film, I thought they were going to be potentially derogatory about Mexican people or or indigenous people or whatever. And actually, no. the, the, the indigenous people, the people that were indigenous to that area were used as a really clever plot device. Yeah, and rather proper than smart it, as well, actually. Rather than it being like, um, or they were backward, or anything like that. Yeah. They just, Did they, I thought it was, I thought it was really sensitive. The thing that got me about this film is it does raise a great, a good question. Oh, I would have had her killed, like, yeah, uh, no two ways about it. I would have had her killed because there's no way you want that stuff everywhere. Like, you no, can no, see you one. don't. It's about containment. <laughs> yeah, and it is about, about that utilitarian. Yeah. And she's potentially just ruining the world. Yeah, by so surviving, I'd, I'd have so. her killed. I mean, I would have had her killed anyway because she's annoying. This is going to be a difficult thing to I'm give a rating. So you're giving it four, mm, whereas I'm giving it... I did last week, but I actually really enjoyed this because it was just something a bit different and a lot, I quite appreciate some, like, a little bit thinking outside the box, something a little bit not what you were expecting. What I really liked about it was that the plants could mimic sound. Mm. That, I thought that was really clever. But for me, it's a two. Wow. Because I just didn't... You can't give it a three, can you? Because you know people will mock you. No, but I can't, <laughs> I can't say I enjoyed it because it was so it was so violent. Or not violent, but that's, maybe that's not the right word. It was just so gory. Gory is the right word. Gory is the right word. Gory is... I don't think it was violent. I don't... Or maybe right at the beginning, but that, yeah, that no, kind of needed think, to be, though, because that was the shock value, wasn't it? That was like, yeah, Ooh. I don't know. I just It just wasn't really, wasn't really my thing. There you go. Okay. I, I appreciated it for what it was. And that's where we differ. And thank you for making it, people that made it. Um, next time I want it in in it's in Spanish, please. So I can subtitles, the subtitles. please. Yep. Are you ready for some stories this week? As it is a 40th episode, you know that means that's going to be a listener episode. Oh, these are the worst. Why are these the worst? Because they're all stuff I'm not expecting and it's all creepy because it's all real. Oh, it is absolutely all real. And I can't deal with it. Okay, well, you're going to have to. You're going to have to just deal with it Suck today. it up. Story number one. Mm-hmm. It comes from the lovely Chloe. Are you ready? Thank you, Chloe. Oh, that was the tiniest voice in the world. Thank you, Chloe. <laughs> As a disclaimer, I have no idea what actually happened in my story. Oh, we can probably leave it there then. No, no, we'll continue. Oh, okay. But I do fall more on the Dan side of things, Wait. where many odd and difficult to explain happenings tend to fall under the paranormal category. Although I love ghost lore and all the other creepy things, I am far too much of a wimp to seek them out for myself, and therefore I refuse to look any deeper into what has happened to me in this story. I'm a double major in English and religion. Way, that's what I double majored in. Woo! Is this an Irish girl? No, at my school, and I'm currently preparing to write my undergraduate thesis on the intersections of folklore, imagination, religion, and fear. I absolutely love studying lore of any kind, and honestly give the benefit of the doubt to most cryptids, creepy crawlies on their possible existence. That being said, I've never in my life had any experience like this before and I've yet to have another experience like it since, ghostly or otherwise. I attend a small school in the middle of North Carolina, the better of the two Carolinas by far, that is well known by everybody on campus to be thoroughly and utterly riddled with ghosts. Our campus is a very old Quaker campus that at one point in time served as an infirmary military hospital during the Civil War. We have also apparently suffered from a lot of fires, 
These, among other things, have resulted in almost all of our buildings having some sort of ghostly lore behind them, always enthusiastically indulged and confirmed by our public safety officers who patrol the buildings on campus even during the wee hours of the morning. If you ask, they will happily tell you which spirits are friendly, which aren't, and even tell you some of their own experiences with these spirits. It's spooky as hell. The three main purportedly haunted buildings on our campus, of which I'm fully convinced just based on the sheer inability to be alone in certain parts of these buildings, even after having spent a great deal of time in each of them, are our auditorium, proudly housing three spirits, our library, which I think houses a poltergeist and not just a spirit, and the all-women's dormitory I spent my junior year living in. In all three of these buildings, I felt a spooky energy to the point at which I refused to use certain bathrooms go in certain areas alone or avoid completely after dark. I could go on and on, but this story takes place in a different building altogether and I have a really bad habit of being chronically long-winded, so I'll cut myself off now. When I first got to school, I made many of my friends by sharing my knowledge of paranormal happenings on campus and theorising about if ghosts are real, which they are, if they live on our campus, which they do, and what in the world we would possibly do about these ghosts. We were excited, energised and splendidly terrified. I remember early in our first semester, a lot of my friends wanted to do an investigation of our auditorium just to see what they could find. And since I was someone who sparked many of these speculative conversations, they begged me to tag along. I fervently denied. No way am I getting mixed up with some shit that could follow me for the rest of my life. No thank you. So they did their investigation, had some fun and came back with some honestly spooky evidence to show me. Still terrifies me. And of course, our auditorium is where all the religious studies classes are held as well. So from this point on, I've been totally shafted. As a cherry on top, my religious studies advisor, who has seen a lot for someone as young as he is, and has even been tricked into performing an exorcism in a haunted house in Tibet, also a great story for another time, an amazing story. Has his office in this same building professionally warded. Shit is real. Shortly after my friends decided to perform this investigation, I had an extremely horrifying night. The dorm I lived in in freshman year is one of the newest buildings on campus, but the only time I ever felt really strange in any way was while using the bathroom very late at night. But I feel like that no matter where I am when it comes to using the bathroom very late at night. So I assumed I had looked out and gotten placed in one of the non-haunted buildings on campus, but perhaps I'd become too comfortable. One evening, I can't remember the exact date, I was going to bed at around 11pm. I had just finished a phone call with my now ex-boyfriend and was feeling really tired. At around 11.30, I started to drift to sleep and soon I was in the midst of a very, very unsettling dream. Now let me just say before I go any further. One, my dreams are always extremely vivid, nightmares included, usually very long and complicated and my sensory capabilities never seem to be impaired. And two... I also have had a very hard time staying asleep for the whole night unless someone is in bed with me. I've been this way since I was young and would often sneak into my parents' room on nights where I felt frightened or climb into bed with my younger sister. I just needed to disclaim this because of the strangeness of the situation is only heightened by these two very normal parts of my life. Anyways, as I'm quickly falling into my nightmare state, everything is so vivid that it seems to be completely real. The strangest thing is that nothing I'm seeing has changed from when I was falling asleep. In my dream, I'm facing my window, lying on my side in my dorm room bed, looking at my phone. That's exactly how I fell asleep. 
In my dream, I started to feel that tingling sensation that you feel when you know you're being watched from outside of your periphery. I felt the hair on the back of my neck and my arms stand on end. My heart was racing and my eyes were starting to water. As my dream self is apparently braver than my waking self, I turned over in my bed and studied the dark room that surrounded me. In my dorm room, there was a spot near the door for pantry space, a fridge or whatever you wanted to put there. So the wall is slightly sunken about three feet before you get to the door, creating a little wall to slightly shield this corner from view. For some reason, all of my energy was focused on this spot, which was absolutely the darkest corner of the room. And in this instance, it felt even darker. It's almost as if I was in a staring contest with someone who I couldn't see. Then, as I was about to write it off as nothing, something dark, black, and extremely lanky lopes out from the corner and exits through the door very quickly, slamming it as it leaves. At this point, I wake up in a start, facing the direction I've been facing in my dream, and I'm horrified to catch the sight of a long, lanky, dark shadow hurriedly leaving through the door, and my dorm room door subsequently slamming shut, exactly as it had happened in my dream. I cannot express how absolutely horrified I was. I wish I could explain it as sleep paralysis, but when I woke, I shot up in my bed and felt frozen only from fear. This scene was only about three seconds altogether, but is the most terrifying thing I've ever experienced in my life. Feeling uncharacteristically brave, I switched on my phone flashlight and checked the room to make sure it hadn't just been my roommate leaving for a late night visit to the restroom and that there wasn't any clothes hanging in the corner that could have been mistaken for shadows. As everything was in order, I was at a total and utter loss of an explanation. And this is where it gets even weirder. Although I have a notoriously difficult time sleeping through the night, I at least make it three hours or so until I wake up for the first time. When I finally took a second to check the time on my phone, thinking it should have been 3 or 4 a.m., it was actually only 12.15, meaning that I had been asleep for 45 minutes max. This sleep pattern has never reoccurred, and I'm convinced that somehow I was experiencing the same thing during my dream as was happening in reality. I absolutely do not know how to explain this phenomenon, and I'm literally shaking and having trouble typing at a normal pace while writing this. Just for good measure... I asked my roommate the next day if she had gotten up in the middle of the night or heard the door slam shut, as I had heard and witnessed both in my dream and when I woke up, and she had seen and heard absolutely nothing and slept peacefully through the night. Make of this what you will. But I swear on my life and the lives of everyone I love that this is true and did happen to me. I'm too petrified of dark shadowy things to even want to make something this utterly horrifying up in the first place. No, 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 no. What are your thoughts? No, 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 no. Don't like lanky things because I'm lanky. Oh, no, that just imagine just what. See, when I first read this story, I thought, oh, it's just a dream. But then she experienced it in a dream and then woke up and experienced it in real life. Imagine the exact same thing. Fuck that. She'd experienced it in a dream, woke up, experienced it again, woke up experienced it again woke up and then experienced it again and then it was actually real life so why does it have to be that many times just to be really scary that's like inception shit right there yeah i'm just gonna put it out there that i didn't get that movie so okay i can never talk about inception Um, again because i didn't get it but anyway yeah absolutely horrific 
I just don't like. So I wake up a lot in the night. I often wake up at three a.m. You wake up all the time anyway. Uh, and I'm awake. also a light sleeper, so if there was something in the room, I'd probably wake up to it as well, which is a bit scary because we might have a long thing in our room. I got up the other night to go for a wee and I was coming back from the bathroom and there was a duvet piled <laughs> up on the end of the spare bed. And when, Because I, I was obviously still in a half a dream state. When I walked past it, my brain tricked me into thinking that it was somebody curled up at the end of the spare bed. And I'm not fucking joking when I say that I froze and went ice cold. Like, the fear I felt was unbelievable. I have never felt anything like it. And then about like a second later, I was like, oh, it's just the duvet. And that was Back my to fault. Back to bed I go. Because that's where I put the duvets on. Yeah, but it wasn't really anybody's fault that my brain just... I did actually mould it into the shape of a human being. Did you? Yeah, to just try and catch out. So. But yeah, it worked. Well done. Good. But I mean the fear. Like, I could feel my blood turn to ice in my mm. veins. It was horrible. Because I thought there's somebody fucking lying. And I knew it wasn't you because you were obviously beside me. Do you know what really gets me about this? What? It's the door slamming. Because that's a physical thing, mm. isn't it? Um, you can count away shadows. Yeah, you can, but you can't, you cannot discount something physically moving. No, no. And the fact that her roommate didn't even hear it, what's going on there? It also feels like, you know, we always talk about that anxiety trigger where your body Mm. or your psyche or some part of you picks up on something being wrong before your brain does. Mm. That's what it sounds like, that her body was going, fuck me, there's something in the room, you need to wake up, this is happening. And then it happened. And then it actually happened. Do you reckon that's what deja vu is? I can't deja vu actually makes me feel physically sick I think it's fascinating it freaks me out so much when I get deja vu because it's a brain delay isn't it really that's the scientific thing yeah it. it's a glitch in the matrix yeah, yeah. But, um, there was one I had one major issue with this story what and you have to just bear with me with this okay North Carolina is not the better Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> for two reasons because North Carolina basketball team have beaten the Ducks in important games recently within the last few years Dan is a massive Ducks fan Case, and secondly, don't know. I was a secret, I had a secret soft spot for Steve Spurrier and his coaching of the South Carolina Gamecocks in the football. So I can't, can't make North Carolina higher. Sorry. Are you ready for story number two? Mm. So mm. story number two comes from Sarah. <laughs> okay. And this story comes with pictures. Mm. Woohoo! Mm-mm. Yeah, we've got pictures. Hand-drawn pictures, yeah? No. Photographs. Photographs. It's not like the Whistler video, is it? No, and people keep messaging me about the Whistler video. They either are like, absolutely, it's a hoax, or absolutely, fucked my life up. Why have you done this to us? So I'm sorry. Sarah's story. Let's do this. Yeah, I don't like the look on your face at the moment. It started about 12 years ago when I was around 15 years old. Myself and my friend were sitting at the bottom of my stairs chatting away, and no one else was in the house. Suddenly, I heard a knocking noise coming from the box room upstairs. I didn't think too much of it, as my friend hadn't reacted to it, so I presumed I was just hearing things. When it happened a second time, I could tell by his face that he had heard it too. We both slowly crept up the stairs after it stopped to take a look. As we got to the top of the stairs, we heard it again. We didn't wait to hear any more. We both took off down the stairs, out the door and ran to his house. We burst in and told his mum what had happened. Her face looked shook, but she reassured it it was nothing. Around 20 minutes later, I got a phone call from my dad to say his elderly aunt had died. (gasps) You know what this is. A few years on, after not hearing anything like that again, the weirdest thing happened. 
At the time, I was living with both my parents who were going through a separation so were staying in separate bedrooms. One morning, my mom asked me who had stayed over that night and I told her nobody. She said she had passed my room during the night around 3am to go to the toilet and heard me talking to somebody. I told her I'd been asleep for hours at this stage but she said she heard someone talking back. During the same day, my dad also asked me did one of my friends stay over. They were curious as my friends would sometimes stay over but I would always let them know. And when I said no and that mom had asked me the same thing earlier, he said when he passed my room during the night, he heard me talking to someone and a male voice was answering me. But anyway, it turned out it was the anniversary of my uncle's death. These kinds of things don't happen to me regularly, maybe every few years. Fast forward a few more years and my dad and I were living in a new house. We're only here about three or four years and one of those years I was living in Dublin. I'm from Limerick, by the way. Because of this, I haven't really gotten to know many of my neighbours very well. There was an older man living right next door to us, who I had only met once or twice. One morning, after working the night shift, I went to bed and suddenly jumped up to a loud knocking. I thought it was the postman at the door with a package delivery, so I quickly got up, but there was nobody there. My dad was awake and was in the bathroom, and I asked him, did he hear the knock at the door, but he hadn't heard it. A couple of hours later, we got the news that our older next-door neighbour had died, and he'd been dead for nearly a week before he was found. A few weeks later, the day his house was being cleared out, a picture on our sitting room wall, the room on his side of the house, fell off the wall and knocked everything off the shelf. A day later, a different picture in the kitchen fell off the wall too. These pictures had been on the wall since we moved, so it wasn't like it was a dodgy new hanging. The same week I had the hairdryer plugged in, but it hadn't been used for two or three days. I went upstairs and my dad came home and asked me why I was upstairs and had the hairdryer turned on full blast downstairs on the kitchen table. I was so creeped out. It was as if his spirit was angry that his house was being cleared out. Nothing like this has happened since. But this was only a few months ago, so there's time yet. To make things even weirder, you should see the attic in my house. We didn't realise until after we'd moved in. But in the attic, there's a really small bed with a red leather mattress. The slanted attic walls are also covered in old circus posters. Other than all that, the new house is warm and cosy, apart from the odd spirit passing through. I'm not the type of person who gets freaked out too much by these kinds of happenings, and I don't believe that everything creepy is a ghost. I don't think too much of ghostly-like things, but the odd few times this has happened, I do believe it was paranormal activity. So much going on in that story. So much going on. Now, I have pictures. Of the attic? Of the attic. Oh, juggle. No, I don't want to see him. Well, I'm going to show you. So I'm that, gonna, I really don't want to see him. I'm going to pause the audio briefly. Okay, we're back. So, horrific. Yes, um, what are your thoughts? Move. Please move. There's no way I'd be living in a house with that up in the attic. Yeah. attic. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put, I'm gonna put something out there. Okay. Sounds like stuff is following her. Hmm. Or she's like more open to things than other people are. Because mm. it's more than one house. Why is there a little baby's bed up in the loft? And why is there pictures of posters and circuses? And why is that there? Why is that an appropriate thing to leave in your house? Oh, I don't know. Oh, I hate attics and basements anyway. We, we've we lived in a house with both a basement. Yeah, I wasn't a massive fan of the basement. And our attic is like a, feel, just feels like a room. Yeah, Like it's true. just because it's converted, so it's, it's different. Our basement was quite creepy, though. Yeah, I don't like going up in the attic at night in the winter, though, because it's that climbing up into darkness before the light goes on that I don't like. Well, you can turn the light on before you go up there. 
Yeah, but the, yeah, that's true. I forgot just about that. FYI. <laughs> forgot about that. <laughs> Useful to know for winter yeah. references. <laughs> yeah. So what what do you think? Uh, we're back to the three knocks again. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, that makes sense. So it, I, I think... Oh, the, the talking in the sleep and having someone Ooh. answer back because obviously oh, I... Oh, no, that gives me the heebie-jeebies. Because the, the thing is, like, I... Talking in sleep would have freaked me out, like, maybe when I was a kid. But literally all my family talking in sleep. I've shared rooms with my brother... I can sometimes hear my mum talking from a room if I'm staying in the same house as her. It's really common to hear talking, you talking your sleep. I sure do. Sorry. Sometimes you say stuff that freaks me out. Mm. No, just because it's really out of context in terms of like whatever's going on in your head. I can't say so it'll like be just a random sentence or something. I can't think of examples off the top of my head because oh. it's... But you often... Is it, you sometimes say things where I'm just like, okay. Mm. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but oh man, if I overheard one of them talking and someone answered, I would literally empty my bowels. <laughs> oh, I would, I would, I would die. I would die a death. <laughs> See, I'm a really good sleeper, so I didn't realize that you also talk in your sleep mm. until I happened to be awake recently. But you didn't just talk; you sat up on the edge of the bed. Yeah, that is weird. And you were in full like gesticulating conversation, and then you just swung your legs back in and went back to sleep again. Do you know what that is? Though? That's that's um. Deep sleep for me. That's working. Your brain was you obviously don't, working. You don't see it very often. That's Oh, it gave me the heebie-jeebies. This is not scary at all. Um, but I was once staying in a room with my brother when he was little. And he sat bolt right up in bed. And uh, it's like, what are you doing, Joe? And he's like, I'm searching for a thousand gems. And then he laid back down and went to sleep. I was like, all right. <laughs> Do you remember recently I was like... I said something to you and you laughed. Yeah. And I said, excuse me, don't laugh yes, at me. Yes. I'm trying to get the cat to subscribe yes, to the podcast. Yes, that's exactly what you said. <laughs> <laughs> so ridiculous. And Bims is now subscribed to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, on all platforms. Are you ready for one more story? Hmm. Not if it's like that. Well, listen. I don't want to see any more pictures of addicts with weird baby beds. And- the first sentence in this includes Ouija boards and seances. So these pictures tonight are really giving me the or pictures. These stories are really giving me the heebie-jeebies. Mm. Ugh, ugh. I don't like them. No. I would be more scared if I wasn't dripping in sweat right now. Yeah, it's like 7,000 <laughs> degrees in Canterbury. And I guess apparently it's going to be 36 degrees on Thursday, which for a lot of people is not maybe not that hot. But for me, with my Irish skin and my inability to cope in the heat i'm just glad that i'm not going to be here i'm going to say that's what i'm saying you'll be in ireland so we'll yeah, be pissing I'm down with rain i'm sure one more story are you ready go for it this story comes from rachel so the adults on my dad's side of the family used to enjoy ouija boards doing seances etc and would regularly make connections an example being when my dad was a child on a family holiday and they made a connection with a spirit that was fascinated by the sun in the room the ceiling light The spirit told them that they had to go check because the eldest child was ill, said goodbye and was gone. One of the adults went to check and sure enough, my eldest uncle was thrown up but nobody had heard it. We believe that this constant messing with Ouija boards is why lots of unexplained activity occurs with my dad's side of the family. I reckon so. So we lived in our old house for about 14 years and believed that it was haunted. Not by a poltergeist or a demon, etc. Just a boy. And a bloody annoying one, to be honest. The house was in a little village in rural Essex. It was built in the 80s, I believe. All I know is that our neighbours bought theirs new and are still living there. 
My sister used to talk about the voices she would hear, whispering, etc., at night when she was about four. One night as my mum was tucking her in, my sister asked, Mum, can you hear them? The voices, they're under my bed? And was really excited by it. My mum was like, um, good night? And left ASAP, potentially leaving my sister for demons, but whatever. <laughs> to be fair, I'd do the same thing. Because she had heard nothing. Previously, we wrote it off as neighbours talking, even though it was a semi-detached house. And we had no neighbours on that side. Things used to go missing around the house a fair bit. Really stupid stuff, like all of my mum's leggings went missing one time. So we all checked everywhere and couldn't find them. Then after about a month, they were all in our sock drawer. They hadn't... What the fuck was that? Cats, I don't know. Sorry. (laughs) I got freaked out by the cat outside. So I had to go check and make sure Vim was okay, but now we're back. (laughs) And everyone thinks Dan is the scaredy cat. It's actually me. I don't even know where I was in the story now. Um, Sock drawer. Sock drawer, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so are you ready to continue? Mm. My mum was the first to see him. She was watching TV in the living room. It was an open plan house, so you could see the stairs, etc. There was a door shutting off the kitchen, but the living room and hallway were only separated by a large arch. No doors. She turned around one night when my sister and I were asleep and saw a boy wearing pyjamas standing at the bottom of the stairs out of the corner of her eye. She turned to see better, but nobody was there. She told a few people, but everyone said she was seeing things, etc. She asked the neighbours and they said no one had ever died there, especially not kids. So no evil sinister backstory. It was just a house. But then my dad saw him. Same thing. Late one night. Bottom of the stairs. It made him jump so badly that he defines the worst thing of his experience was that he had a great cup of coffee and seeing him standing there made him drop it from shock. Nothing scary though and again looked back and he was gone. My first, the first real experience my sister and I had was when we were in the kitchen making Christmas decorations when we were about 10 and 11 and mentioned something about stuff going missing again. Maybe trying to get the other in trouble so that they would give it back. And my mum told us about seeing him. We had an old Christmas decoration that we got when I was about three. It was a big snow globe that used to play a song if you wound it with a key underneath it like an old jewellery box. It had been broken for a few years, so no longer played music, but did look pretty, so we kept it. As my mum told us, the music started playing, so we ran into the living room and it stopped. My mum just turned to us and said, say nothing scary, because to be honest, it made us jump, but wasn't really frightening, and that was that. I had a few weird things happen when friends stayed over. We once saw strange white lights seem to move back and forwards across a large mirror in the living room. None of the six of us could explain it. Another time when I had friends over, the TV and DVD player would turn on out of nowhere and it would have the main screen menu to the film we just watched, even though I had already put the disc back in its case. A bit freaky and my friends still mention it when ghosts come up. A few years later, my friend and I went on a late night dog walk, God knows why, and came back to the house to drop the dog off. Nobody was home. She put the dog lead on the key hook and the keys on the dog lead hook just to irritate me so I corrected it I remember this specifically I went upstairs to pack a bag as I was staying round hers just around the corner as I was upstairs I heard someone running up and down the stairs I went out of my room onto the landing but nobody was there so I thought she was trying to scare me I went back into my room and heard it again I came downstairs and she asked me why were you messing around on the stairs I thought she was kidding so I brushed it off 
But then we were in the kitchen and it started again. <sighs> and it continued for about five minutes. We were with the dog, who didn't seem bothered, might I add. And we were looking at each other in horror. I knew my mum was out and my sister was at my dad's. Nobody else was there. We legged to the door and were crying trying to find the keys. But in the end, decided my grandparents lived five minutes away. They could give us their spare key in the morning. So we opened the front door to leave and there were my keys in the keyhole. Literally as if to unlock the door. We grabbed them and ran down the street to my friend's house. At first we told my mum, but she brushed it off saying it was the neighbours, but it definitely was not. It was like a child having a temper tantrum stamping up and down the stairs, and the walls were fairly thick walls. We couldn't hear their son playing drums in his room. We wouldn't have heard a 60-something-year-old couple going up and down the stairs. I doubt they would have ran it that many times either. People thought we'd freaked each other out, but we both remembered it very clearly. From then on, I referred to him as Dennis the Menace. Hmm. More of my stuff went missing, and I became terrified of him. The only other thing I witnessed scared me at the time, but brought me comfort afterwards. It was when I was about 14, and my other dogs were allowed upstairs and would sleep in my single bed and take up most of the room. I woke up at about 3am because my two dogs were growling at my wardrobe, which ran lengthways down my room at the end of my bed along the same wall. They growled for about 30 seconds. When I heard it for the first time, three knocks. I almost shit myself. It wasn't sinister. It was like when someone knocks on your front door. It then happened again and continued. Oh, I can't deal with this. Each time, like waiting for a friend to answer the door. I hoped it was my sister trying to scare me, but then I remembered that she was at our dad's and I could hear my mum's faint snoring from her room down the hall. Then it stopped. My dogs turned to the bedroom door, which had been left open so that they could come and go as they pleased. I turned to look, while also not wanting to, and there he was, peering around the door, not doing anything, just looking kind of confused, to be honest. I wanted to scream for my mum. I considered jumping out of my window, as the door obviously wasn't an option, but I couldn't move. But my dogs weren't growling, which comforted me. They didn't think he was a threat. I finally got up some courage and stuttered out, Can you go away, please? Not particularly brave, I know. But then I blinked and he was gone. Oddly enough, I still remember this clearly. It wasn't a dream as I texted my friend saying holy shit, holy shit, holy shit afterwards and it had sent. However, I then knew asking him to go away had worked. Like I said, I remember this, but I can't describe him to you. All I could say was that he had brown hair, he was about five or six and he looked confused. From then on, if my stuff went missing, I would say to the empty room, could you please give whatever it was back? I'd walk out of the room, walk in, and it would be exactly where I left it. If I had a friend round, I left my phone on the bed and we went to get a drink. I came upstairs and it was gone. So I asked my friend if he had it, and he didn't. So I said loudly, Can you give me my phone back, please? Made my friend walk out. We walked into the bathroom together, waited 30 seconds or so, walked back in, and my phone was on my bed. Mm. My friend flipped his shit and was terrified coming around to my house after that. So yeah, in my experience, ghosts are like people. 
I just treated him like I would if an actual physical kid was there, and he responded in such a way you would expect from a kid. Like I said, we moved a year and a half ago, and we haven't had any other experiences. I just can't leave the door open. Not even partially. It has to be fully closed. I guess I'm still a wimp. <sighs> that reminds me of the Amityville horror picture which I've used or the Amityville house picture which I've used for the thumbnail on this episode so if you don't know what I'm talking about look at the thumbnail of this episode because there is a picture you know Ed and Rain Warren investigated the Amityville house and they were all like oh it's so haunted blah 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 well there was no evidence except for one little piece of evidence which was a picture of a little boy peering around the door on one of the still cameras Mm. and it's horrific Mm. anyway it's the thumbnail so go and look at the thumbnail of this episode and you will you will know exactly what i'm talking about so what are your thoughts oh a kid ghost isn't it it's kids again he sounds like a genuine kid though yeah i know which means he'd end up getting drop kicked down the stairs by her yes but not like scary not evil just kids are scary little kids are scary but it sounds like particularly when they're not supposed to be there it did sound like he's been really annoying though yeah but at least he listened, I guess. Yeah, at least she got to a point where she could go, okay, I can Manage tell him it. to go away. Yeah. And I can tell him to bring my stuff back. Yeah. So that's quite good. Imagine nicking all the leggings. <laughs> what an annoying thing to do. That is really annoying. <laughs> it's kind of funny as well. If I was a ghost and I wanted to annoy you, I would hide your games console controllers. That would annoy me. And then I'd put them back just before you were going to work in the morning. That would really annoy me. I know. I'd be really good at that. Yeah, what would you do to annoy me? Hide the cereal. <gasps> you animal. I'd starve. Do you know what I would do? What? I'd pour the cereal in the bed. That would be so annoying. <laughs> but I'd still, I could still nibble it. When Every I time you pour your cereal, I'd take it upstairs and pour it in your bed. <laughs> oh, that would... Yeah. We'd be good at annoying each other, I think. Yeah. If we were a ghost. Yeah. So what do you think about that last story? I don't like it. Because it's a little kid. I know, but the thing is, her bravery is astounding. Like, the whole way through, she was like, well, it wasn't, none of that was a big deal. Like, if I woke up, right, and my dogs, my imaginary dogs, because I don't have any, or Bim, was was growling at the wardrobe. And if Bim then, was growling, I'd be freaked out. And then I saw, fuck, I can't even think about it, it makes me feel sick. I saw a little boy peeping around my bedroom door. I wouldn't be like, can you go away, please? I would have jumped out the window, like she said. <laughs> where she was he'd like, be alright as well, because you'd have a, you'd jump onto the... I'd jump onto the roof yeah. and then down and I'd leave I'd, you'd never see me again there'd be a little trail of dust behind me like a cartoon no way Wiley Coyote Road no way would I be hanging around uh, yeah no I don't like mm, yeah, don't like it don't like it, it don't like kids begs the question where did he come from yeah if there's no kind of record of trauma in the house and the house is relatively new and blah 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 where, where, where who relative? was he maybe a relative who knows from the Ouija board Oh, yeah, they played the Ouija board laws, didn't they? Oh, maybe, maybe somebody got stuck. Yeah, I love I've how that... the Ouija board bit. I love how that Ouija board story, the, the guy was, like, fascinated with the sun in the room. Well, yeah, that's... Because that must clever. be really weird, mustn't it? If you just, like, suddenly get appeared or you summon and then you walk into, like, a modern setting and you've never seen electric light, you'd be like, what the hell is that? Yeah, what is that sun in the middle of the room? That's fucking weird. Yeah. Do you reckon he, like, looked at it and then took it back to his own dimension and created it and made a fortune? Yeah, probably not. Oh, Probably not. Do you want to hear some new reviews? Yeah. I'm going to give you three new reviews. Review number one comes from Love underscore 11. JLo? Yes, Love. Wow. J- or Love even. The oh. better version of Love. Okay. I'm only eight episodes in, but I can't stop listening. These two are like listening to your best friends with the most awesome accents. And you just want to join in the conversation with your own creepy stories. They make me laugh out loud and keep an eye out over my shoulder. 
I'm looking forward to many more episodes. I love these two. And we fucking love you, babe. We love yeah. you, J-Lo. We love you. J-Lo. Particularly loved you in early 2000s, but that's beside the point. Jenny on the block. Jenny from the block. And the next one comes from Tanisha, who says, you need this in your life. Absolutely love your guys' podcast. I honestly was completely hooked throughout the Dear David episodes. I just love the way you guys go about telling a story. Love the accents and the banter. I listen while I'm at work and it's hilarious because most of the time I find myself replying. And I'm literally talking to myself. I do have a question. Okay. If you could draft a fatal four-way match with any past or present WWE wrestlers, who would you choose and why? Mine would be CM Punk, Rey Mysterio, Randy Orton and Dean Ambrose. Showing some love from New Zealand. So, what's your answer? Uh, what was the question again? I was just amazed that it's a wrestling if question you could and it's draft in a review. A fatal four way match with any past or present WWE wrestlers, who would you choose and why? I'd have CM Punk as well. Yeah, you, CM Punk is the love of your life. Though. Yeah. Um, oh, that's a really good question. I'd kind of like a. Oh, I'd like. St- I'd, yeah. I'd like CM Punk versus Ricky Steamboat in his prime. And. Rick Rude and Mr. Perfect. That would be good. I'd like to see that. Or alternatively, CM Punk, Cassie Zono, Cesaro and Seth Rollins. See, I was going to be like, who would I have? Stone Cold. It would just be Attitude Era. Stone Cold and Stone Cold. It would be Stone Cold, The Rock, Kurt Angle and Triple H, which I'm fairly sure sure happened. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't think I can answer that question. And our final one. I can't believe she wrote that in a review. I know, right? I was—I <laughs> couldn't wait to get to this one because I do them chronologically as well. So yeah. I couldn't wait to get to this one so you could answer. And then finally, we have Danny K one one seven who says, "Please do more than one a week." Great podcast, very entertaining. I would fucking love to do more than one a week, but I can't. But on that note, if you do want to hear more than one episode a week, you can join up to our Patreon page, where if you pledge five dollars a month, you get an extra episode a week and you also get the back catalogue of 50p movie club which you also get if you pledge two dollars a month which is going to finish soon which is going to finish soon we're recording the final episode on thursday <laughs> because our lovely will is moving to shanghai so send him best wishes if you follow him on follow him on instagram if you do not have the money because i can tell you we understand that life then just tell your friends about us leave us reviews come and join us on facebook keep talking to us i absolutely love talking to you guys all the time join our super secret facebook group which is called rlgs Supergroup, and you can access that through our facebook page which is real life ghost stories podcast dan is on instagram at 50p movie club and i am also on instagram at real life ghost stories so come and talk to us over there we do live feeds every so often and we are on twitter at real ghost pod and we're also on Snapchat, but I don't really use Snapchat, so. But we are on it. Just, but we are on it. We are, we are there in case you just wanted to know or wanted to add your followers or whatever. I'll always follow you back. And I think that's it. It is. We've done everything. Is that it? Happy 40th episode. Happy 40th um, episode. How exciting. And it's 45 minutes long. And on that note, we love you. Thank you to our gorgeous listeners who have submitted stories. And we shall see you next week. Sarah.